Welcome to the BLC Connection Podcast. I'm Karen Wilson and your host for today. These small episodes will focus on local businesses that excel at particular parts of customer care. Today's guest is Dr. Margaret Sutton from McMinnville Drug. Welcome to the BLC Connection, Dr. Sutton. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'll, ha- I'll call you Margaret from here Thank on you. out. I I, that's how I know that. you more. <laughs> but uh, you are a pharmacist, and uh, yes, so I want to give that you are a doctor of pharmacy, I am correct? a doctor of pharmacy. Okay. So McMinnville Drug has been part of the community for a long time. I remember that building there as long as I can remember. Please tell us, I guess, about yourself and the story of the pharmacy's beginnings. The far, it's a really interesting story, I think. My dad is Charles Marsh and Whit Taylor, who's my partner's father, so we're a second-generation pharmacy. I believe, I don't know the timeline exactly, but I think they met at Crouch's Pharmacy okay, downtown, yeah. probably in the mid-'70s. And then from there, I think Whit parted and started McMinnville Drug Center in 1977. My father went on to start working at City Drugstore. Mm-hmm. And I remember being there. So I, I, I was born in 1980, tells you my age, um, but I was young enough in diapers in that store. Um, and then in 1984, my father was asked by Wit to be a, a partner, and they became partners. Um, so I just, I grew up in the pharmacy. Um, as any good mom, my mother would always send me out there if I was a bad girl. <laughs> so I remember cleaning a lot of floors, washing a lot of windows. Um, from there, my story, I didn't want to become a pharmacist, uh-huh. even though I helped my father um, well, from day to day. In 1995, I started working officially for the pharmacy. Um, I wanted to go to med school. And then um, when I met my husband, things changed, and I decided I should probably go into pharmacy. Uh-huh. So, that happens sometimes yep. when you meet the love of your life, and That's you exactly think, okay, right. let's so, go back and rethink yep. how, how life looks. Yep. So I moved back in 2009 been here for 15 years all right well so glad you did come back Uh, McMinnville Pharmacy is such a a great resource for the community Um, did you kind of like you said you didn't always plan on coming back to McMinnville and being part of the pharmacist uh, the pharmacy um, with your father and and all of that but that just kind of happened I guess you start reevaluating things I think I needed time away from McMinnville so I lived in Richmond for seven years Mm -hmm. and uh, I worked there as a hospital pharmacist uh, as well as a hospice pharmacist and I worked in the retail pharmacy setting Mm -hmm. and my dad would call me almost every other month and ask me Margaret it's time would you like to come back would you like to visit or work yeah <laughs> and it took me uh, a, f- a couple of years I had my first child and I realized the importance of my family and um, Zach my husband and I came back one fourth of July and it just kind of clicked we he was like we should really be here this yeah. is where where your heart is yeah and so that's when I came back and I called my dad and I said is that invitation still open oh and, I'm sure uh, he was ecstatic uh, he, he, yep they were ready. They yeah. had the doors open, so yeah. that was really sweet. Something about having children sometimes makes you realize your hometown and oh, yeah. your parents are, are so important uh, in their well-being and growing up here and, and all yeah. of those things. Uh, tell us, I guess, how McMinnville Drug processed the pandemic as a business and what you did to provide new services to your patients, such as vaccinations. Um, well, we've 
been vaccinating for years, so that really didn't change a whole lot. I think, if anything, reflecting, it would be improved customer service. Um, we, we really had to reach out and help people. Um, people couldn't get out of their house because of the quarantining rules. Um, there was extended drive-through drive curb services that we didn't usually do. Um, we'd have to um, initially lock the doors to keep people out because of the fear and afraid of spreading germs. Um, vaccinations, we've been in that service industry for quite a bit. Um, the difference is the state was controlling a lot of the vaccine programs. So we initially decided to become a COVID vaccine provider, mm -hmm. which you had to do in order to be uh, to give out the vaccine. Mm -hmm. There's just lots of rules and regulations, things that you would not even believe that we have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, even today, just okay. to keep the vaccines in our pharmacy. Yes. Talk to us about that, because I saw um, a lot of new technology, I guess, in the pharmacy once you all began the vaccination process. So uh, initially, the vaccine was an issue because you had to have storage issues. Uh, the vaccine wasn't stable at a certain temperature, so we it would expire within 30 days, and it was just a lot of waste. So I think the state has finally figured that out, and it's, it's a lot easier now. You can just order a minimum amount, and now they've got pharmacies that you can trade out vaccines through mm -hmm. the state. So there's not the wastage that we feared, because um, you have to document all the doses, you have to document the doses that you waste, and we didn't want to, no one wants to waste a dose when there's so many people out there that wanted it. So it was just this fear of, of losing and trying to, to get people in and, you know, but now it's calmed down and we can um, order what we want when we need it. Um, so it's a, it's a good program now. Um, now tell us about the team and I guess uh, that you have at the pharmacy. Um, there's faces that I've seen there for mm -hmm. years that are probably yeah. farm techs and things like that. And yeah. then this second generation of pharmacists throughout there. What does your team look like? So initially, I'll, just to give you a picture, my dad and Wit. I don't know how they did it. It was just the two of them and they, they worked 12 hours a day, wow. every day, Sundays off. And they, we used to keep two technicians on staff, two, maybe three, and they would rotate every single Saturday. And then after their business hours at eight, from eight until eight, they would work at the nursing home for another two to three hours. And they did that for years. I feel like I've got it, the golden ticket now. I've got um, my, my partner, um, Lee Street, um, she works, um, we split the hours in the week. She works a little bit more than I do. And then we've got two other pharmacists. I've got a compounding specialist, Kimberly King, and Melissa Ming, who's been with us for, I don't know, another 15 years. Um, and she helps me with bubble packing. Um, we also keep at least seven or eight technicians staffed mm -hmm. daily. We, that's part of what we do. We, we want to make sure people come in and out and they aren't waiting on this, you know, busy day to day. Everyone's busy. So, yeah. but that's kind of what our, what our day to day looks like now compared to 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I have noticed there's lots of people in there. Mm -hmm. You all are staying very busy. The drive-through is really quick, though. You guys get people in and out pretty quickly. We try to. That's, uh -huh. we, especially, like you said, with COVID, it, we've gotten pretty good at that. A lot of people just want to use drive-through now, which is just safer and more efficient mm -hmm. than coming in. Yeah, that's so. true, because a lot of people sitting around with 
illness and things like that is not something you all need to be exposed to and you don't want your customers being exposed to that. Right. Well, with COVID, I think there's a hyper awareness of that. Whereas before we didn't really think about the little viruses that we had and coming in and out and touching things didn't really, we didn't really think about that. But now with COVID, I think there's just, oh, okay, maybe this could be COVID. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I'll just go through the drive-thru today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Keypads such as ATMs and gas pumps and yes. things like that take on Credit a whole cards. new, yes, yeah. uh-huh. mm-hmm. that gets you thinking a lot more about that. So thank you, Margaret. We will take a short break and jump into our marketing minute, but more great conversation to come on how technology and family pharmacy go hand in hand on the BLC Connection podcast. Moving a multi-generational business forward can be difficult. Whether it's a family legacy or you have purchased a long-standing business, the challenge is still there. How do you maintain the parts that customers know and love while moving it forward? First, evaluate with open eyes what the business has done well over the years. Customer relations, solid branding, community involvement, make sure to keep these good parts. That's probably what your business is known for. Second, take a realistic look at the things you need to change. Does your building need updating? Do you need to utilize more technology to give your customers a better experience? Do you need more help or extended hours? Make a plan, a timeline, and a budget for implementing these changes. This includes relaying the plans to your employees and getting their buy-in. As you get ready to implement changes, tell your customers to anticipate the upgrades. This gives them something to look forward to and keeps you accountable. Finally, once the improvements have been made, market them. Put the upgrades in your ads and on social media. Make a big deal out of them. Don't let them go unnoticed. Running a multi-generational or long-standing business is an honor and a legacy to your community. Keeping it healthy is a must, which includes maintaining the good parts while moving forward. I'm Karen Wilson, and this is your BLC Marketing Minute. We are back with Dr. Margaret Sutton, one of the owners and pharmacists at McMinnville Drug. Let's pick up with how technology has changed your pharmacy, how it operates, and how technology benefits your customers. It has changed so much over the years. Um, the first thing I think about, most people don't think about, is on the pharmacist's perspective, technology to find drug information, calculations, um, drug disease interactions, things like that. That's it's helped been very beneficial. In a hot minute, you can get on your phone, and all everything's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, in a different perspective, with technology. Um, you used to be able just to walk in with a prescription. That doesn't really happen that much now. Um, we see electronic prescriptions of everything is regulated. Um, everything has to be electronic now. You very rarely see any paper prescriptions come in. That's good and bad. The good is, um, well, there's there's the access to the drug information is about the best part of it. But now I feel like we're turning into intervention specialist because um, with electronic prescriptions, not everyone knows where their prescription is being sent. They're missent a lot. Um, sometimes we leave the doctor's office and not know we have prescriptions being sent. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the, dry, the correct data is not inputted, so we have incorrect information. And um, people with uh, phones, with they buy by the minute, and their phone numbers change frequently. So communication is like huge part of 
modern technology now. So mm-hmm. we're constantly trying to be the interventionist, you know, where's your prescription? Did you know your prescriptions changed? You know, no, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the there's a negative side to everything. So yeah. it's good because it's quick and fast. I know for doctors, they can work from home, which is awesome. And then people don't have to be responsible for holding on to prescription. But there's just something really nice about having a tangible piece of paper as well. There's no confusion there. Yeah. You've got it, and you're going to walk it to where you want to go, and then it gets filled. But now it's like, oh, well, I thought it was sent there. So we have to intervene and try to figure out where it is. But um, it's been like that for a few years. So we're getting better at it but yeah well I would be the customer that would lose their paper prescription so (laughs) I love the automatic hey we're sending it to your pharmacy most doctors will confirm where you want it to go to and that type thing but yeah I guess there has to be more almost communication between you and the doctor checking back and forth and then it's changed too if you were in the hospital staying in the hospital and then um being discharged and the communication between the hospital and then your PCP and the specialist, there's a lot of confusion there as well. So um, the pharmacy end, at least, it's just trying to pull information from every end Mm -hmm. to keep it consistent. But I can see the how important it is, like you said, with the drug interactions and studying Mm -hmm. up on new medicines and things like that, how that wealth of information being out there instead of having to probably pull out this book you know yeah. that no, could be outdated has. and stuff Most softwares will screen and of course we're screening at the same time for all those things but you're also we're doing more of the outside screening where you know some people go to multiple pharmacies it's just convenience that way we're having to try to find the information we want to make sure that they're getting the right thing and it's mm-hmm. safe for them right right well and as we age you get on more and more prescriptions uh, mm-hmm. things interact and stuff like that so I will say it's probably best to stick with one pharmacy and if you've possible to get it keeping it consistent that one. is yes. very helpful and nice for most most pharmacists would appreciate that <laughs> yes and it's probably healthier for us too it because is. if they're it's a possibility of interaction you guys are going to catch it well which i think is is nice about local stores too it's just it's nice to be able to to speak with someone we've got the mail order industries we've got dr google and google packaging and things like that which is great and convenient but it's there's something about having that conversation Mm -hmm. that just prompts people to think oh well, I, yes, you know, like I, I need to be accountable for the things that my doctor told me and I need to go and check my medicine cabinet because I feel like I've got something in there that I shouldn't be taking. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a nice little extra step to have your local yes, pharmacist. Yes, I agree. You, you guys are so helpful and, and so available to talk to customers and do a fabulous job well, at kind of going above and beyond. I've had several you know that hey you're sick if you need us to get your prescription to you or something like that you guys really go above and beyond in that measure well I try to treat people the way I want to be treated if I walk in I just need education and that helps everyone Mm -hmm. so another factor I guess that has changed the face of pharmacy is the opioid epidemic how do you all work with patients doctors and even law enforcement to kind of mitigate this problem and keeping it from spreading in our community yeah our hands are so tied with opioid epidemic we are required to fill all prescriptions that are given to us um so the way we help is to police these situations 
Um, if we feel that there's a suspicious doctor, um, which really doesn't happen that much anymore, um, then we can navigate that and to the board of pharmacy and the board of pharmacy or the medical board as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if we see a suspicious prescription, because that still happens now, we have um, fake call-ins quite often, and because um, you can still legally call in prescriptions on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I were to see something suspicious, and we do work with the local police enforcement um, and see what strategies they have, and it's just it's it's different. You have to step on a lot of, I feel like eggshells is your, you know, you've got to protect health information and you don't want to accuse someone of doing something they aren't, shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for the most part, patient education for the opioid epidemic, because there's certainly a lot of medications designed to help people function now. And that is good, but there's still a lot of education and abuse that occurs even with these medications. Well, that's been a sad thing. People that you, uh, older adults and all, everybody, you know, you did, you, if a doctor prescribed you something, you took it. Mm -hmm. Usually you didn't question. And uh, that, uh, I think society has learned a lot from that time frame. And uh, probably a lot of rules have been set that used to not be there. Yes. um, I can't remember how many years ago, I feel like four or five before they required, the state required a diagnosis code. Before that, on a prescription, if I saw a prescription, I would have to call and, and please. And that's just embarrassing because you don't want to second guess a doctor. Like that's their job. Right. But I would have to call. Do you think 90 tablets is appropriate for a broken ankle? You know, and you don't know the full story. So it's just, it was a horrible relationship um, and a broken relationship. But now there are rules and regulations. So having to put a diagnosis code, I like that. Um, having electronic prescriptions, I like that. We know they're safe and guarded, and it's hard to break that. Mm-hmm. So, I will say, you know, in thinking through that uh, that type of thing, I, I think about. Um, you know, used to, you had to take have a lot of security and things like that mm-hmm. at, like, say, a, a jewelry store or mm-hmm. something. But pharmacies, you've all have had to step into a higher level of security because yes. you're dealing with a lot of medications that are very valuable and, and people tend to want to, to have those to sell or whatever they want to do with them. Yes. But I guess you all have had to really step up your security. Oh, yes. It's, it's always, a, you know, it's always on the back of your mind safekeeping and making sure everything's not you know unlocked (laughs) everything's Mm -hmm. safe so it's definitely scary it's a part of our day-to-day life yeah it doesn't it's not going to change i don't ever foresee that going away no no i i agree with that and i tend to think that uh you all have done a great job with that that's just part of the culture that we're in right now it's unfortunate but so as a final question, uh, we'll go back to some of the uplifting things about pharmacy. Uh, it's all good, but you all have got had a serious uh, job to take care of us with COVID and, and the opioid crisis. So I did want to touch on that. But what are some of the things you are most proud of as the owner of a second generation locally owned pharmacy? I would think that, you know, when you go into pharmacy school, you're you're wanting to, to care. You're you know learning about some a profession that we want to do. But owning a business is a completely different 
cookie altogether. So I think I'm most proud. I think Lee and I both are very proud of the fact that we've kept it rolling <laughs> in service this long. Um, we've had some big shoes to fill. Our fathers laid a solid foundation. And of course, they guided us through the first part of our um, transition over to owning the business. But today, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that we're still functioning and uh, thriving and we're still making our fathers happy. Um, there are a lot of programs that they didn't do that we have done. We started a vaccination program. Um, we are a specialty pharmacy, compounding pharmacy right now. We do hormone compounding and vet compounding, um, a lot of individualized compounding, which is neat. They, they just didn't have the time or structure to do that just mm-hmm. between the two pharmacists. Um, and then a, a big, another big program that we have that I'm passionate about is our bubble packing. I know a lot of pharmacies do that, but I love it because we just, you, it's just more one-on-one contact with your customers. Um, Tell us about that. I don't know if I'm familiar with bubble well, packing. Well, it's just, it's for people who just either A, don't want to deal with all their medicines that they're taking or managing, or people that are having memory issues. Um, some state homes that we work with, they're required by law to have their pack, their bu- their medications packaged, but it's like a, it's a 31-day card and we organize all the medicines to be filled on the same day and so we don't automatically fix these up we call every month check in on you Um, we take care of all the refills if there's any gaps Um, there's a lot of conversation to be had if there's changes in medications we have to intervene so we pretty much just are like your personal pharmacy managers yeah um as a side to you know people that just need their prescriptions go in and get it but we're literally you know involved deeply in in your lives and how you take your medicine um we can see at the end of the month how well you're doing if you're missing your nighttime medicines should we adjust some to the morning um are we falling asleep before we're taking our medicine so it really has helped people like have an awareness of wow well okay this is why I'm not getting any better. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and two, I think now there are so many people out there whose family do not live here or live yes. in small communities to help keep mom and dad on their, med- or grandpa or grandma on yep. their medication properly. That's a wonderful resource. Yes. I've had, my mom will probably kill me for this, but she was one of those. No, no, Margaret. I'm like, mom, let me, let me help you. And, now she's just like holds up the bubble packing sign um i had another gentleman i love him to death he and his wife is now passed but for months i would ask him please please just let me help you i know you don't want me to it's just a loss of control i would Mm -hmm. love to help you and months he would just say no 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 and we would just go through this whole rigmarole and then one day he comes in with a sack full of medicine just slams it down and walks out of the pharmacy I'm like I won (laughs) I won (laughs) I was so excited and he loved it after that he's like I can't believe I fought you for so many months Um, but he's like I see now that you're trying to help me you're not I'm not trying to lose control because you really haven't lost control you're just there's still a whole lot of talking to be had it's just a structured and organizing so we do this we do a lot of bubble packs well and they have access to you all when they may not always have readily uh, available uh, appointments with their doctor they can call you if their medicine's making them feel strange or if it's counteracting with something else that they're taking well and it forces them to to have these conversations because a lot of times they don't you know and now that they're in this you know constant communication on the on the daily with me Mm -hmm. um, it's just nice yeah so that that's my favorite 
part of the pharmacy right now. That's a big step yeah, it to makes take. Me happy. That's a lot of work on it's you all part. It's a lot of work, but it's so worth it just to see, you know, with someone like becoming adherent and being successful with taking their medicine and not feeling stressed as they were before, feeling like they were walking out like a pill factory, um, which we don't want anyone to feel like that. You know, you have to do, you have to live day by day and some people have to take medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, some And some people come off of it even after... Um, being on it for months yeah well as we get older it's one of those facts of life nobody likes to take a lot of medicine but it's just part of hopefully maintaining our health and staying out of the hospital staying out of the nursing home uh, so we can live independently uh, as long as possible yes yep Thank you, Dr. Margaret Sutton, for being a guest on this special edition of the BLC Connection podcast. We invite our listeners to tune in for future episodes and share this content with other businesses. Until next time, this is your BLC Connection.